What's up, guys? Max here back with a brand new episode of the Scuttlebutt Show. I hope you're all doing great out there. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I hope you're having a good Monday night back in the United States. What's up, Iron Lotus, HNA, John, Ed, Marine, Eric, we've got Shino Gaming in the chat, Larry, Mud Rock, great to see you, John, Vincent, everybody, if I missed you, I apologize. Big episode today. We have a ton of fun stories to get to. Going to talk about Army Sappers, going to talk about the Navy, going to talk about all kinds of cool stuff, and we're going to end it with something kind of fun. Hopefully, we won't get banned today, which brings me to my first segment here about yesterday. So yesterday, you guys might notice, has a little bit of an awkward outro as the stream just cuts off the rest of the finale there where I just wrapped it up really is on the podcast. The podcast world, anything goes, but apparently Saturday Night Live content is uh, not shareable. Come on, SNL, don't be so stingy. So apparently we got kicked off of our stream yesterday for using Saturday Night Live content, which is a bummer. But all good. You know, I didn't I didn't cancel the news network when they used my Knights of All Oxa video. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's all about sharing, make it open source, uh, common licenses, creative commons licenses. Let's do this thing. Let's support one another. Saturday Night Live, where are you at supporting the little guy? So anyway, that's on me. At the end of the day, it's on me. No worries, no punishments on the channel or anything like that. It's just an awkward outro considering that we shared uh, SNL's copyrighted content. I guess it wasn't as funny as I thought it was. After all, SNL, take that. Now, the other thing about yesterday that I noticed after the episode was I promised you guys I was going to tell you what movie I was thinking of after that Marine who threatened the FBI offices. Conspiracy Theory was that movie. I totally dropped the ball on that one. I was like, this sounds like something straight out of Conspiracy Theory where Mel Gibson is like, a broken clock is right twice a day. You know, they stumble onto that one big conspiracy theory that the FBI is covering up his wife's hacked photos, something like that. I don't know. What's up, Alex? What's up, MC? It's great to have everybody in the chat out there. I see you guys are having a conversation about pizza and toppings. If you don't like pepperoni, I recommend turkey pepperoni. They sell it in the store under the name turkey pepperoni, and it's great. I love it. Super uh, nutritious or a bit more nutritious version of traditional pepperonis. So I wanted to say something before the show begins today. I was going to say it yesterday at the end of the show, but we know how that went. The show got canceled. I'm a bad YouTuber. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I got to get this thing figured out because my channel is going to get banned. And then I'm going to have to go on to like the dark web to YouTube the Scuttlebutt show and make you guys go watch me over there. So here's the deal. Here's the news. Here's, here's a big announcement right off the bat. A lot of you guys are not going to like this. The plan is to not stream in December. So tomorrow's show before Thanksgiving might be the last live stream until New Year's, okay? That doesn't mean that doesn't mean that there won't be gaming on on certain days, especially squad. It doesn't mean that there won't be videos. It just means that the daily live show which takes about 4 hours a day to run, I'm not going to do in December. The reason being that I'm taking two, maybe three vacations in December anyway with my wife. And then also, I'm going to use that time to finish the book, which is like really close to having a, a, a complete copy done and working on the AWWA documentary that we've been talking about for a long time now. Basically dedicating full-time job style, eight hours a day to probably more like 10 or 12 hours a day um, to working on those two projects and hopefully finishing them in December, then having a big New Year's episode and then back at it in 2022. That's the announcement. Just expect that. Tomorrow, maybe we'll do a Quanda episode. Just chill, like, you know, enjoy each other's company. And then that'll probably be it for a while. And then just look for me on games and um, other things that take less time than this show takes to put on every day, just so you guys know. All right. Just brace yourselves. It's coming. I was going to tell you um, about this yesterday, but I didn't get the chance. So I'm telling you today, it's going to be a, a dry spell, a dry December for the Scuttlebutt show. Shino, yes, working on a book. It's coming out. Um, it'll be next year, but the, the version that I'm working on is almost done. And then it has to be submitted for security clearance. Uh, um, oversight to make sure I'm not putting anything in there that could get anybody in any trouble. And then it should be ready for publishing after that. And we'll figure out the deal. But yes, this book is, I mean, it's written, it's effectively written. Um, it's just in tweaking, editing, grammar, stuff like that. So I just want you guys to know the update on that. It's a very exciting time. So 
Let's jump in to the actual scuttlebutt show that I have for you guys today. I have a bunch of crazy stuff. It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be cool. So I look forward to sharing today's stories with you guys, starting with this one, maybe not the most fun and cool one, but here it is. Ann Arbor anesthetist, anesthesiologist, we're going to get to it, sentenced for stealing opioids from the VA Medical Center. This one, not as horrible as some of the other VA issues that we've had, but I got to talk about it. We've got a former certified registered nurse anesthetist, 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 however you pronounce this word. What this is, what a CRNA is, is someone who was a nurse, then went to very specific training to be effectively an anesthesiologist. And they can, you know, work in a OR, they can intubate a patient who's going into surgery, they can give the prescription medication for putting them under for a surgery and all this stuff. It's a very high level nursing position. I've learned about this a little bit with my wife. I'm not the expert, but I've learned about CRNAs um, through her and her colleagues. So a former CRNA at the Ann Arbor VA Medical Center was sentenced November 9th to three years probation for stealing controlled substances, including several types of opioids from hospital dispensing machines. Now, I like how they make it sound like you can grab a soda or ketamine from these things. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you can get a Mountain Dew or you can get morphine, whatever you need from the vending machine. While while Elizabeth Prophet, age 39 of Saline, Michigan, was originally indicted on 25 counts, probably one for everything that uh, she took, of obtaining controlled substances by fraud, misrepresentation, or deceit. She pled guilty to only five counts of obtaining controlled substances by fraud, misrepresentation, or deceit, according to the plea agreement. Profit additionally agreed to pay $1,482.90 in restitution. That's not a lot by any means, especially compared to the millions of dollars we covered recently. Profit used her position from July 2018 to February 2019, so about six months, as a surgical nurse to steal more than 2,200 vials of Schedule II and four controlled substances. Wow, 2,200 vials in six months, a.k.a. almost 400 a month. 400 a month of fentanyl, hydromorphone, and morphine. In order to gain access to the drugs for her own use, Profit falsified patient records, abusing patients' personal information. Now, this is where it gets really bad. I do have sympathy and empathy for people who are addicts to drugs. I definitely do. But when you start messing with vets at the VA, that's where it goes sideways for me. She would go to the hospital on days she wasn't on schedule or after regular working hours, often stealing the vials directly from the hospital substance dispensing systems. Let's just not even talk about the damage that can be done by falsifying a patient's record. So imagine this. You're a patient and this lady comes in and writes you a prescription for morphine and then she goes in and takes the morphine and you don't even notice ever happened. Then you're in some intense pain for something. You go in there and they're like, we can't give you this. You've already had too much. Like, what are you talking about? I haven't had any. And now you're caught up in this, in this, you know, medical fraud situation. You're, you, it's bad enough that you're dealing with a hospital in the first place. Anybody who's already working with a hospital is going through something that we all are probably thankful we're not, if it's not us. And then they have to be hassled by being caught up in a fraud investigation by somebody who works at the hospital. We will not tolerate medical professionals stealing controlled substances intended for the care of our, vet, our nation's veterans acting special agent in charge. Gavin McLaren of Veterans Affairs Office of Inspector General Central Field Office. The case was prosecuted by the Assistant United States Attorney Brandy McMillan, Deputy Chief of the Justice Department's Healthcare Fraud Unit. The investigation into profit was conducted by the special agents from Virginia's OIG, who's down with OIG, and the Drug Enforcement Administration, the DEA. So, it's kind of a bummer story there. Um, it sucks. I don't, I don't feel... Like a lot of anger for somebody being addicted to drugs. I do feel it though when you start messing with uh, innocent people. So that's, you know, people talk about like legalizing drugs so that things exactly like this won't happen. But man, have you ever known somebody who's been addicted to hard drugs? That's, you know, when, when people talk about being addicted to hard drugs, they talk about it like they survived war. You know what I mean? Like it causes massive trauma to a person to have been addicted to meth heroin, cocaine, whatever it is, and then they survive that, they get through it, they get sober. Imagine you're a, a drug addict and then you go to like 7-Eleven and there's meth. Like, hey, just grab some meth. It's all, and in fact, the government's just giving it out for free, like what they're doing up in Canada right now. I am not at all 
in support of legalizing all drugs. I want to be totally clear about this. Zero percent in support of that. Absolutely anti-support. Okay, I'm, I'm against it. But I also don't believe in imprisoning addicts for life, you know, just for being addicted to drugs. Should be drug suppliers, drug dealers, people who assault people, kill people over money for drugs or something like that. Those people should be locked up. But just being addicted to drugs is a horrible thing. If you've ever known somebody, if you've seen somebody go through it personally, absolutely terrible. And people need some support on that. Like, we shouldn't be so hard on them. But definitely not legalizing all drugs. That's madness. If you ask me, if you just want to know what I thought about it, madness. So that's my my thought on the uh, on the drug thing. Marijuana, you know, I, it's pretty much already legalized. People have been smoking weed casually without, I don't think too many people go out there and, you know, kill their neighbor over some, some money for weed, 10 bucks for weed or something like that. But marijuana is kind of a different story. That's more on the level of like alcohol, in my opinion. But like, man, if you just talk to somebody who's been addicted to hard drugs, right? If you never have, okay, I understand you don't know, but if you ever have known somebody, seen somebody go through it, absolutely horrible. And the idea that people can just casually do meth, it's, (laughs) I don't know. It's kind of crazy if you ask me, but like people would just be doing meth and just chilling in their life, you know, teeth falling out like zombies on the streets and they're just chilling. They're like your, you know, I don't know, your bus driver is on meth or something like that. It's crazy. So let's move over to the Navy who's uh, going through it right now. We got to talk about what's going on with the Navy. All my shipmates out there. I hope you guys are okay. Navy pay delays have forced some sailors to take out loans. People are going out borrowing money because they're not getting paid. This is horrible. In the military, we've got Navy sailors who earned increases in their housing allowances this year because they married or moved to a high-cost area are experiencing months-long delays to pay their to their pay boost. So basically, when you get married, you start getting basic allowance for housing so that you can support a place to live for you and your family. When you move, when you're getting basic basic allowance for housing and you move from one area to another, that pay changes. You could either start getting more money or less money depending on where you live. If you live in San Francisco, it's like $5,000 a month, maybe $4,000 a month for basic allowance for housing. But in like, um, I don't know, let's say, um, where do people live? 29 Palms, it's probably like $1,500. And believe me, if they're reducing your pay, they're on top of that. But when it comes time to increase it or give you more money, all of a sudden there's backups in the system. Navy sailors who have had those increases or moved to high cost areas are experiencing months long delays that are pay boost, a situation that has forced some to take out loans to make ends meet. Navy Marine Corps Relief Society Vice President Jillian Gonzalez said her organization has seen an uptake in loan requests from sailors struggling to cover living expenses. So the Navy and Marine Corps Relief Society is a financial you know, they give out money on no interest loans to people in the Navy and Marine Corps for events that come like like uh, unplanned catastrophic events in your life, like your home floods, you need to borrow money to pay bills, something like that. The Navy and Marine Corps Relief Society can come in and help you out. This is happening a little bit of everywhere, Gonzalez said. It doesn't seem to hit one geographic area more than another. Gonzalez couldn't say exactly how many affected sailors have applied for loans because the society counts them with all who made requests for help covering basic needs. Several sailors have taken to social media to describe delays and desperate efforts to obtain loans for living expenses. According to Gonzalez, one sailor was not paid for three months as a result of an enlistment extension and pay error. I think we've probably all known people who've been through this kind of thing. Um, that you have had somebody who has uh, had their pay messed up or they don't get their um, deployment pay, their uh, spouse separation pay, family separation pay, whatever it is. And you can see the hardship that it kind of puts on them, especially when families are separated by oceans. And the one thing that you're hoping when you're deployed is that your paycheck comes in so your spouse back at home gets the money that they need to pay the bills, to cover their expenses, to eat, to take care of the kids, whatever it is. When that starts falling apart, you see somebody's ability to perform at work just start going downhill from there because they're dealing with this incredible stress from their home life. So it has a very negative trickle-down effect. 
Navy and Marine Corps Relief stepped in, delivering $2,500 checks to the sailor's door because they were under COVID-19 quarantine. Commander Matt Knight, Public Affairs and Navy Personnel Command, said the Navy is required by the Department of Defense to process basic allowance for housing change requests within 30 days, but they say delays do occur. Now, what the Navy Personnel Command is saying is that that timeline is effectively like a sarcastic joke because there's like three steps in the process, each take 30 to 45 days. So you're talking for them, they're expecting to get people taken care of in about two to three months on average. And that 30 day thing is kind of a joke. One sailor took to Reddit to complain about her situation, saying she and her husband were married in July and still have not received their basic housing allowance. Military.com corresponded with the sailor, but was unable to confirm the details of her post. The couple, who are both petty officer third classes living in the pricey Washington, D.C., area have taken out commercial loans to cover expenses, according to the sailor's Reddit post. The quote here is, my case has been open for over a month with no action. I am just beyond frustrated. I could see that. If you're having to take out loans, build an interest, hurting your credit, then because uh, you're not getting the pay that you're supposed to get. Yeah, not good. It says that they did speak for military.com, did speak with a PS1 or a personnel specialist first class who remained anonymous, that the problem is that the, there's a... a um, no consolidation of personnel support and customer support detachments that began in 2017. And now, or, or that they have consolidated, what he's saying is that they have consolidated people, but not systems since 2017. And now they don't have enough people to run these multiple systems that remained independent. So system A, I don't remember what they're called. System A doesn't talk to system B. So they need to do entirely independent processes to accomplish one goal to make it to person two who does system C to finally get this pay um, approved. The Navy did come back and respond to this with a quote here. Um, the, it says, that, let me preface the quote, but the Navy is aware it has issues in a Navy town hall in June. A petty officer first class asked fleet master chief for manpower, personnel and training and education Wes Koshofer, when the Navy planned to consolidate the differing personnel data websites, a move that would eliminate redundancy and reduce the opportunity for error. Currently, when sailors undergo a change of status, marriage, birth, a move, they need to check in with the Navy personnel integrated uh, personnel system. The Navy standard integrated personnel system, NSIPS, you might know it as NSIPS. The defense enrollment eligibility reporting system, DEERS, and the record of emergency data and dependency application and other stuff as well. It's a paperwork nightmare. He says, we built these 55 disparate systems over the last 50 or 60 years to manage our HR, human resources. They don't talk to each other. They don't translate well. And it gets dorked up, he said. But he added, the cavalry is coming. He says, we're dangerously close to launching this one system to rule them all, like a Lord of the Rings reference. And they're calling it Navy Personnel and Pay 2 or NP2. We look to deliver early next year. It solves the vast majority of this. But we all know that there are growing pains with changes to systems, new systems, and all that. So it'll it'll wait to be determined if that actually makes any improvements or not. Um, the whole thing is horrible. When you see people struggling with money in the military, it's uh, it gets bad fast. It gets bad really fast. And hopefully they have some supportive chain of command out there. If you know somebody's going through some financial issues, make sure that before you give them a hard time about struggling with money, that you actually take a look at whether their pay system is working like it's supposed to, because it sounds like a lot of people, especially in the Navy, and I'm sure the Army is in the same position. The Marine Corps obviously works with the same systems as the Navy in a lot of cases. Um, Air Force, I don't know, they're probably making money hand over foot. They're not tripping over money. But the, everybody out there is if, if you have troops, if you have subordinates who are struggling financially, you can expect to see that roll over into their work life and their behavior and their attitude and all that stuff. So please consider that when you're looking at uh, your juniors. Let's see, let's see. Let me catch up on the chat here. Nugget says, F drugs. Scuttlebutt weed is legal in Nevada where I live. Yes, yes. Oregon made the mistake of legalizing drugs no matter how small they effed up. Normally they get some and grow it in their backyard. It's a great area. Meth boost at Jamba Juice, no big deal, HNA says. Yeah. That's right. Let me get that wheatgrass and that meth, please. Somebody about to lose their security clearance arm says, yeah, with those financial issues, they make it legal to keep the crime rate down for drugs. Yeah, uh, but that's going down the rabbit hole of uh, politics, which I don't want to do today. Let's see. Um, Marine Corps fighting all fronts, even national debt. We, we have some weird law. I'll give, I'll give you that. Um, this is awful. MC says, yeet, what's up? John says, NMCRS helped me out in Connecticut in 2018 when I had an emergency pop up on emergency leave, shattered windshield. Great. That's exactly what it's there for. 
I tell everybody, use your benefits, use these benefits because they're, they exist for you to use. And if you don't, then they're just sit, there are people sitting there in those offices just waiting to help. And, uh, and if you don't go in there and ask, then they, they never get to do their job. Scuttlebutt here, a lot of military people in our country are poor and have money issues. It sucks, man. Yeah, absolutely. Hello, everyone. Hope everyone is doing good. Ica, what's up? Shout out to Ica channel member. Guys, Black Friday sale coming up on scuttlebuttshow.com. New merch over there coming out regularly. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, go go find me for the Black Friday sale on scuttlebuttshow.com. I hope you guys have a, had a chance to go check that out. Um, we've got, but hey, you know what's not on sale but is valuable? is becoming a member or a Patreon of this channel. You can click that join button right below this video, become a member. You can go to patreon.com and look at becoming a patron. Either way, you start getting benefits right away, including 10% off the online store, which if you become a member for $3 a month and then you buy a shirt at the online store, you basically made your money back right away. It's that easy, guys, so easy. So we've got um, news from the army that I don't hate. Interestingly enough, we got to talk about this real quick. We got to talk about this. Army outlines consequences for soldiers who decline coronavirus vaccine without waiver application. The bottom line up front here, the bluff, they are allowing soldiers to stay in even if they're not vaccinated until their next enlistment period contract comes to an end. I think that's a really good policy. The Army won't promote or re-enlist troops who refuse the coronavirus vaccine and who haven't requested an exemption, according to a memo from the service's top civilian leader. The new rules apply to active duty, reserve, and National Guard troops, including those in at least one state where the governor doesn't require the vaccine. I think they're referencing Oklahoma there. Army Secretary Christine Wormuth in a November 16th memo lays out what will happen if soldiers refuse the vaccine and don't have an exemption request pending. It's interesting that these vaccine mandates for the military coming down from the Secretary of Defense are individualized between branches as far as readiness goes. It's just one more super dumb thing. It's it's kind of like the policies around COVID have been so dumb with the military since the very beginning. And like I said, I summed it up with the give a thumbs down if you're okay is the ultimate definition of how this whole thing has been handled. And it's just, it blows my mind that there's differences in punitive measures for disobeying a lawful order in this case to get the vaccine for readiness reasons. It's so crazy. I authorize commanders to impose bars to continued service for all soldiers who refuse the mandatory vaccination order without an approved exemption or pending exemption request. So basically, if you've got two years left in your contract and you don't get vaccinated, you can stay in for the next two years. If that's okay, this is just like what I said yesterday. If that's okay, then there's absolutely no reason to kick people out before the end of 2021. There's just no reason. A soldier will remain flagged until he or she is fully vaccinated to receive an approved medical or administrative exemption or is separated from the army. Great. Gives them even more time to observe the vaccine and make that decision for themselves. Unless this decision is purely partisan, there's probably people out there who are like, well, I just want to kind of see how this whole thing shakes out real quick before I get this vaccine. Everything that they've heard, everything on the internet. It's like, come on, try to have some understanding. Favorable personnel actions are suspended for flag soldiers, including but not limited to re-enlistment, reassignment, promotion, appearance before a semi-centralized promotion board, issuance of awards and decorations, attendance at military or civilian schools, application for use of tuition assistance, payment of enlistment bonus or selective re-enlistment bonus, or assumption of command. So you can't be a commander. You can't be a skipper. You aren't going to get a lot of schools approved unless they're somehow maybe just like absolutely mandatory, I imagine. You're not going to be allowed to re-enlist. You're not going to get a new... Uh, duty station. You're not going to even go up for promotion board, which the army does these in-person promotion boards. You go up and you say your soldiers, you know, creed, and you talk about the army and how great it is and all that stuff. And then they decide whether or not to promote you. It's a very weird process. It's unclear whether the Pentagon can force guardsmen to get the vaccine. That's going on with the Oklahoma thing. And they talk about that a little bit, but it says here more than 1.5 million service members are fully vaccinated. That includes, that must include the national guard and reserves and all that stuff. According to the Defense Department's website, 77% of the Army soldiers, active duty, reserve, and guard has received at least one shot, and 72% are completely vaccinated. Only 51.8% of the National Guard is fully vaccinated, and 60% have received at least one dose. They're saying that the National Guard might be behind because they have to wait till drill weekend to get those. So I guess uh, some of those people are waiting for their next opportunity, just like people are wanting to, people in the reserves and National Guard are walking around with like broken bones until drill weekend because they don't want to pay for that health care. It's a sad situation. I think if you're in the National Guard or in the reserves and you're doing at least, you know, your one month 
one weekend a month, two weeks a year, whatever, or somehow your yearly um, active time adds up to that much because you know the way that the reserves do it, there's actually a lot of flexibility. I think you should have a hundred. You should your healthcare should be covered by Tricare Prime 100% of the time, whether you're on orders or not, because. The way that people are dealing with their health issues in the reserves, from what I've seen just from personal experience of them delaying care until they're on drill weekend, not only impacts their medical readiness, but also means that most of these reservists, when they're doing that, spend most of their drill time at medical. So it doesn't take a genius to figure out that you're actually probably losing money by not allowing people in reserves to go get health care from the military, from TRICARE, when they're not on orders. It's crazy. It's crazy. Let me know what you guys think about that in the chat. Um, let's see. The merch prices are so low, Max is practically giving them away. Eric, you're right. That's why it's time to get on there and buy some stuff. Finally, the military is getting smart. Ah, yes. A fun fact, my province is the most vaccinated in the world. Chino, congratulations. Um, I guess you must be able to walk around completely freely and do whatever you want and go wherever you want without a mask, right? We've had how long to get vaccinated? Hashtag no excuses. Does reserve also get free health care like active duty? Bro, the guard reserve is making it like buds. What's that? How's it like that? Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Sad story out of my very first Navy command here. Um, this is unfortunate. Sailor assigned to USS Ronald Reagan, where I did my first tour in the Navy, found dead at naval base in Japan. That's sad. We've got a sailor assigned to the aircraft carrier USS Ronald Reagan was found dead Friday morning at the naval base. A spokesman for the Reagan identified the sailor as Seaman Brandon Forbes, 20 years old of Maple Heights, Ohio, a machinist mate fireman assigned to the Reagan's nuclear reactor department. So he was a nuke MM with nuclear attachment to his rate. Must mean he's been through a lot of training and education, smart dude. Um, very incredibly high stress job. It doesn't say here what the cause of death was, but this is the part about this that bothers me so much. Okay, I'm really, uh, I'm so annoyed by this. Forbes had failed to report for duty and was considered absent without authorization or AWOL, absent without leave, for several days prior to Friday, according to an email Monday to Stars and Stripes. You know, this is like when the sailor was found dead in his room in Guam from, I, I guess, from COVID. I feel like that whole thing was kind of murky. But they failed to report to muster and it didn't check on him for like a whole day. And then they found him and he was deceased in his room. If somebody misses muster, I mean, in, in my own experience, if somebody missed muster, it was like, well, go find him. Make sure he's okay. Like the, the number one concern, always the first thing that should come to mind when somebody misses muster, misses formation is, are they okay? Like, let's get Let's talk to them. Let's make sure that they're okay. And, that, and then everyone says, make sure they're not dead in a ditch, right? Everyone says that. Make sure they're not dead in a ditch somewhere. You go, okay, I'm sure they're not dead in a ditch. But then sometimes they're, they find a body later and the person is deceased and it's horrible. So if somebody's missing from formation, the, the response, and I don't know if that they did or didn't do this from this article. It doesn't have that much information. But the response should always be, 100% of the time, should be, Let's make sure they're okay. And then once they're okay, we can hem them up for disciplinary stuff. But making sure that they're okay should always be the first thing. It's like uh, um, the old quote, like, if you're not dead, I'm going to kill you uh, or something like that. Like, for a year in a lot of movies. I don't know. You guys, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. That's how it is. It shouldn't be like punitive. Just, oh, um, uh, his name was Brandon. Brandon Miss Muster? Markham AWOL. Let's set him up for court. Let's set him up for captain's mass. Maybe court martial. XOI. You know, DRB. Whatever. Um, it should always be find the person, make sure that they're okay. Investigators discovered no immediate evidence of foul play, but NCIS remains heavily involved and invested in the situation. Uh, the Reagan's commander, Captain Fred Goldhammer, was expected to address the crew on Monday. Our deepest condolences go out to the family and friends of machinist mate fireman Brandon Forbes. Goldhammer said in a statement provided by Stankus, he was an energetic young man who was dedicated to his duties and shipmates on board. Ronald Reagan, the circumstances surrounding his unfortunate loss of life remain under investigation at this time. Our thoughts and prayers go out to Brandon's family as we grapple with this tragedy. Stankus said the Reagan's crew remains focused on its mission and will continue with the ship's scheduled port uh, in port maintenance. Let's see. I missed who Stankus. Oh, um, someone. Let's see. Let's see. According to Stankus, I totally missed in this article who Stankus was. Is it in here? Uh, someone phoned the NCIS service about the body's location. According to Stankus, she declined to identify the caller or where his body was. Um, oh, here we go. 
Monday to Stars and Stripes from Spokeswoman Lieutenant Commander Dawn Stankus. Damn, Dawn Stankus. So rest in peace to Brandon out there um, and his family are going to be going through a hard time dealing with that. Super sad story. I'm sorry to have to report that one, especially from the Reagan, my alma mater, if you will. So I hope that they are uh, hanging in there with the crew. It's tough when you lose somebody from the ship. It's very, very weird. Very uh, melancholy afterwards. Let's see what's going on here in chat. Shino's from Quebec. Oh man, 20 years old. Nugget says, can there just be a good stream when nobody dies? No, that'd be, that'd be great. Let's see. Uh, as long as you don't insult us and say we are colonists, you should be all right in Canada. In Canada. So we've got a interesting story here. I want to share this with you guys. I don't know. Maybe some of you out there would be interested in knowing about this. I hope so. I hope someone out there sees this and they're like, oh, this is awesome. I would love to get involved with this somehow. Check this out. We've got Iraq war veteran launches business to employ former service members, taking, rehabilitating, and reselling old tools. The company is Tools for Veterans. So Iraq war veteran Justin Billard is launching a, a, in Brighton Township, Michigan, a business that will employ and support his fellow returned service members. Tools for Veteran is housed in a workshop that Billard, who's 42 years old, set up in his home garage. There he collects old hand tools, cleans and restores them, and sells them online or at local events, the Livingston Daily Reports. He plans to expand the business to a larger workshop in the Brighton area in the next year. He also hopes to fill the shop with veterans who love restoring old tools. You want to contribute something you understand and believe in, he said. If you have a connection, you are more passionate. He previously ran a private detective agency, which is so cool, a private detective agency, but now with a wife, a four-year-old daughter, and a set of newborn twins, it was time to pivot to a less risky career, he said. And so he started Tools for Veterans. And what is Tools for Veterans? got the website right here. So you guys can go check out Tools for Veterans and see what they're doing. They have some videos with him and with uh, some of his other employees. And if you want to know how to donate, if you have old tools and you're in the Michigan area that you want to donate, maybe you can ship them to him. But he'll take them, rehabilitate them. This is a cool photo up here. And then sell them. And if you want to see what they're selling now, they have some, uh, some items for sale. There's some stuff coming soon, of course. Antique claw hammer. Um, extra long keyhole saw. These might just look good on a bench. These might be good for backgrounds of like a studio or something good for uh, photo shoots or movie sets. Like this vintage six inch Proto Tools pipe wrench just looks beautiful. If you're in the market, a uh, plumb bob. If you're in the market for uh, an all, a classic all, AWL. If you're in the market for any vintage tools or you have something you're looking to, looking to get rid of, I, I know there will be a market for this. I know people love this stuff. They have axes, blacksmith, chisels, clamps, cutting tools, gauges, hammers, wrenches, miscellaneous tools all on their website. And they just launched on Veterans Day. They have a veteran story section. Maybe you guys just want to check this out. I'll drop the link in the chat right here. You guys can go to check this out if you want to. Um, veteran stories, and you can go look at uh, the bios of their employees, which says it's coming soon. But they do have some videos up on their homepage there. So go check it out. Tools for veterans. Uh, you might find something there that you like. If you do, I would love to hear from you. If you did check out that website, let me know at the scuttlebuttshowgmail.com. Um, it looks like, you know, tools, classic items like that can be like pieces of art on display in your home, in your garage, and they have a functionality too. So it's kind of a win-win there. If you're into that at all, I think you would find something cool on that website. So let's see. Let's see. MC says, this is great. I like these small businesses. Um, site looks rad. Some nice looking murder. <laughs> I mean, nice desk ornaments. Yep. It was Colonel Mustard in the garage with the wrench from Tools for Veterans. I was just taking pictures of vintage tools last week. This is awesome. MC, I would love to see those pictures. I love it when veterans grow to do something awesome with their lives. It makes me warm and tingly on the inside like a uh, proud drill sergeant, especially Iraq War veterans. I grew up during that war. Yep. So that is very cool. I do like that very much. Um, I hope you guys get a chance to check that out. So moving right along. Um, it's, always, it's always a good time when somehow we can like connect a QAnon story to the show. I don't know. You, maybe you guys are tired of it. I personally am not. I still enjoy talking about the QAnon stuff. I think that it's funny. Um, maybe you guys really, you know, are QAnon supporters or whatever. You like what they did. I just think that it's pretty much been debunked at this point. You know, like H HBO did a great documentary on it. They tracked down to that guy from um, 4chan or whatever. And it's just crazy what happened. But 
Not that this story makes me happy or I'm glad it happened or anything like that, but the outcome is something that I think we can laugh at a little bit and let's have a chuckle. QAnon backer sentenced to 14 months for attack on army reservists, but don't worry, it was a paintball gun attack. So we've got a QAnon supporter accused of attacking two U.S. Army reservists in a Milwaukee suburb earlier this year was sentenced Thursday to 14 months in federal prison. Prosecutors say Ian Allen Olson of Neshota drove a car spray-painted with QAnon slogans to the Wisconsin Army, which is like, if you spray-paint your car, that's a, that's a pretty crazy move right there. I mean, not like the chalk wash-off stuff, but like real spray-paint, that's a bold move. There's usually nothing good spray-painted on a car, I'll tell you that. Uh, his car was spray painted with QAnon slogans to the Wisconsin Army Reserve Center in Pewaukee on March 15th and shouted, this is for America, before firing two or three paintball rounds at the soldiers, his gun then jammed. That's uh, total insanity right there. This is for America and then shot at soldiers. They, I mean, it doesn't get much dumber than that. The rounds did not hit the reservists, who initially believed Olsen was holding a real firearm, so that must have been extremely scary. One of the servicemen tackled Olsen and held him to the ground until police arrived. Hell yeah, a little army combatives action. The QAnon movement, it talks about that down here. But uh, federal court documents accuse Olsen of telling jail staff that he was, after he was arrested, that he had just returned from Washington, D.C., where he failed to deliver his message. He allegedly said that he would cause a mass casualty event and that people would remember his name. So none of that's good. Olson pled guilty in August to attacks on the United States servicemen on account of service. An attorney for Olson not immediately uh, respond to an email from the Associated Press. But honestly, 14 months? It's like... The guy says his plan is to carry out a mass casualty event, and he gets 14 months? Like, uh, the legal system, while I am a supporter of it, and I'm a big supporter of trial by jury, and I mean, I, it doesn't... As far as systems go, I don't think it gets much better than what we have here in the United States. If only, I mean, it's really perfect if people would just be honest, then, and I'm not even talking about the, uh, the criminals. I just mean if like lawyers were more honest people, then our criminal justice system would be the greatest in the world, bar none, hands down, no questions asked, untouchable. But most problems in the criminal justice system occur when people within it start to deceive and that is the biggest problem that we have. Not the system, the people. And, and if you know me and what I always say, I don't ever blame the system. I always blame the people. The only thing I would say about our system is at times far too lenient. Far too lenient. Here you've got a guy who shoots paintball at the army soldiers saying this is for America saying he had just been to Washington, D.C., but didn't you know, get his message across, goes to a reserve center, and then admits to police that he wants to cause a mass casualty event. And you're hamstrung at that point because there's nothing you can do because admitting to wanting to commit a crime in the future is in some cases a crime, but in many cases you can't do anything about it. So this person will now just get out in 14 months and, and they could get radicalized further in prison and then become an incredibly high threat to Americans. I'm sure he'll go on a list somewhere or something like that for sure for making terroristic threats and all that. But this person is just going to carry on in 14 months. Like if somebody, like just when people tell you who they are, believe them. I don't know what's so hard about that. When people tell you they're a bad person, Believe them. You know, that's the worst kind of person, the one who's open about it. It doesn't get much worse than that. So I can't believe that in situations like that, there's not more we, that can be done until that person eventually um, commits a horrible, unthinkable act and lives are lost. And then they go, there's only some way we could have known. He told you. He told you he was going to do it. So that's my rant on that. Let's see. Iron Lotus says, QAnon, you never cease to amaze me on how crazy those followers are. Army CQC, baby. Thankfully, it wasn't a real gun. Yes, very thankfully. Let's see. H&R says, I watched Baby Q get rolled up in Arizona. That was fun. Would watch again. I don't know what Baby Q is. Um, uh, I would love to, if you send me something about Baby Q, I'm curious now. That just sounds interesting. So I put in the chat here, uh, what is, I put in the headline, I should say. 
What's a sapper? What is a sapper? Have you guys ever worked with a sapper? Do you know what a sapper is? Let's talk about sappers. Sappers blow up local water park. No, really. And when you hear their reasoning behind blowing up this water park, you cannot help but laugh to this incredible story coming out of, you guessed it, Fort Hood. So we've got, two, it says here, the article, a little snarky, there are two types of combat engineers. Those who say demolition is their favorite mission and those who are lying. So let's just really quick talk about what a sapper is. Sapper is, according to the Army, a leadership school. It's about a month long. You get a sapper tab. It's a pretty long tab. Uh, it says S-A-P-P-E-R for sapper. What a sapper is effectively in the chat, you know, F me up if I mess this up for sure. A sapper is a combat engineer whose specialty is to make nothing impassable. All right, so no door, no bridge, no waterway. There's nothing that they can't blow up hard enough to make it passable for the rest of their unit. So somebody will go to sapper school, they'll return to their unit as a sapper, and then they lead the way in breaching, demolitions, combat engineering, creating paths, okay? If something needs to be destroyed and people need to go somewhere, sappers are the experts on this. I had some sapper qualified people that I worked with in Afghanistan. They were awesome. Um, shout out to those guys. It was, it was all good, totally awesome. Sappers from the 36th Engineer Brigade at Fort Hood, Texas, had a chance to carry out a real-world demolition mission over the past two months as they destroyed a small water park at the installation's Belton Lake Outdoor Recreation Area. The mission's planning began in July, according to an Army release. So... They destroyed a water park. <sighs> Could you imagine me and a kid looking at this thing going like, I would love to ride that slide, dude. Do you have to blow it up? Like that's, that's a spilled ice cream moment right there. The Fort Hood water park had not been used since 2017 when they probably just decided it was too fun for Fort Hood. And they were like, what are people doing riding water slides on this army base? That is unacceptable. Let's shut it down. Let's let it go get completely dilapidated. Then let's blow it up. That's a good use of our time and money. And good for our morale. Speaking of morale, we'll get back to that in a second. In a nearly 700-word release about the demolition, officers from the 937th Clearance Company tried to convince people that the mission saved money and had great training value. We're not saying there weren't cost savings or any training value to the task. We're just pointing out that those were the words of the men who, got, who just got to blow up a water park. It's like something out of a movie, honestly. Having troops to do this is saving three core and MWR, Morale, welfare, and recreation, a lot of money, said the 937's commander, Captain Jared Whitaker. Those funds can be turned by MWR into something else that'll benefit not just the soldiers and their families, but people in the area. In that case, it's like paying it forward, not just our unit, but everyone that lives here. Talk about Fort Hood logic right here. You've got a water park that probably had minor maintenance needed. Let's just go with minor maintenance needed. And then they go... Uh, Nah, just shut it down. We don't have the money. We don't have the money to repair the water park and get it back in use for the family of the troops out here. Instead, let's wait several years, wasting that plot of land, doing nothing with it, allowing every piece of it to rot and become completely useless and unsalvageable. And then, you know what we'll do? We'll blow it up, which costs, I don't know, let's say a million dollars in explosives and training and time and planning and all that stuff, and then cleanup, demolition, all that. And then they go, then they spent that. So the million dollars that they spent to do this, they then have to recoup before they ever actually make any money back. I just made up that, I just made up that number. I'm totally guessing, but it seems like everything in the military costs a million dollars when you do an operation. So probably costs a million dollars. So they have to make that million dollars back just to start putting money back into MWR. Otherwise they could have just left the broke down water park, allowed people to start making cool ghost stories up about it, and then given a million bucks to MWR and see what they actually do with it. Imagine the logic behind blowing up a water park in the name of morale, welfare, and recreation. <laughs> for the sappers, for sure, it's probably the best day of their lives. But for everybody else, it probably sucked. Whitaker explained that the hands-on demolition work made for a one-of-a-kind exercise with a lot of different training for every occupation in the company. Our combat engineers get the opportunity to calculate and construct specific charges not often used. Our equipment operators got a lot of stick time using the machinery to move a significant amount of earth. When we were breaking the concrete, we were using tools that haven't really been used in a long time. 
The sappers used debt cord or detonation cord to cut the water park's two 120-foot slides into smaller sections that could be carried off more easily. Some commenters on social media lamented that this was a missed opportunity for more training, though. Why didn't the Army, in quotes here, simulate real-world conditions of a large-scale war where we may need maneuver in uncommon terrain environments, asked one Redditor. The whole 101st Airborne Division could have air assaulted into the park instead of whatever they're doing right now, and then we could have blown it up, he said. Regardless of whether the small park could have yielded any more training value, Whitaker is pleased that his troops would have, with what his troops got out of it. The project is likely to capstone for the company and a significant one for the battalion this year. The commander said, this is the largest task that we've taken on in a long time and probably one of the most unique things that these soldiers are going to do or have done. So there you go. Um, the sappers got their sapper on and blew up the children's water slide so that's where we're at now at fort hood they blew up a children's water slide hua give them the hua they earned it what's going on in the chat over here let's see let's see let's see um drag satchel charges two to wire i don't have a problem with sappers by the way how come our military stopped using flamethrowers after vietnam i think flamethrowers flamethrowers uh were de or just not the most effective thing anymore and they were probably not very humane Swiftwater, who is that? Who just changed your name to Swiftwater when it absolutely positively has to be destroyed overnight? Who is Swiftwater? Who is that? Iron Lotus, Edward Valdez. Uh, oh, you guys are having a little conversation. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Scuttlebutt, imagine if they responded with, because it's for America. This is for America. Uh, you know, it's interesting, Iron Lotus. There's almost zero chance that didn't happen. In my, in my mind, picturing how this went, the chances of them not yelling America right as that happened are near zero. Like a statistical insignificantly margin above zero where they definitely got around for a photo. You know, imagine slamming like the T. Uh, it was probably set on like a time fuse or something like that. And then they all yell America like that. That's 100% how it happened. I would bet money that something like that happened. All right, guys, we're down to our last thing today. It's just so crazy. Fort Hood logic, man. You guys know what I'm saying? Fort Hood logic. We got children's water slides, but that's not okay. That's not okay. We have to, uh, our Kunkel searching for meaning in this life. <laughs> All right. You rock. You rock. That's awesome. Searching for meaning in this life. Swiftwater. I love it. Epic. So it's just the, I don't know what to say about it. I don't know what to say about it. Fort Hood, man. It never stops over there. It never stops. So one more thing for you guys today. We might get out of here a little bit early. It's raining out here in Okinawa. It's a huge bummer, but that's fine. It's Thanksgiving in a couple days. Remember, I just want to remind you guys before we get to this last thing that tomorrow is going to be the last Scuttlebutt Show live stream for a while. You can expect video uploads, okay? You can expect to see me in standalone videos, but no daily live show probably for most of the month of December. But there will be a New Year's show. There will be a uh, there will be a whole new year of shows coming up after December. So it's going to be awesome. Um, so don't don't delay. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Fort Hood is a redhead stepchild of American military bases, I swear. Yes. Yep. Now, here's something cool. Here's something fun that I saw. And... Uh, it's just nice. It's just nice when we get to have something like this. So let's talk about it. Bill Murray, the legend himself, signed a West Point cadet's forehead, and the video is glorious according to Task and Purpose here. I have the video for you guys. If that cadet got in any trouble for having uh, Bill Murray sign his forehead in uniform, I bet he would say, well worth it. Forgiveness over permission. Am I right, you guys? So we've got, there's motivated, and then there's, I just got my forehead signed by Bill Effing Murray motivated, a cadet at the U.S. Military Academy in West Point, New York, recently experienced the latter. So we've got the video here. Um, Bill Murray's awesome. The video was shared to the Drunk Old Grad Instagram account on Sunday, along with the caption, I want Bill Murray to sign my forehead too. It's unclear what name Murray signed onto the cadet's epidermis turned canvas, though it looks an awful lot like Justin Bieber, but the West Point student was clearly stoked since his reaction was, uh, rivaled that of Woody Harrelson in Zombieland when he meets the legendary funny man. Another video of Murray from that day shows him kissing a plusy version of the army mule. We'll see that video in a second here. But you guys, Bill Murray, a man who needs no introduction. So let's just get right over to the video, which I have right here. And let's check this out. 
Looking while gathering around Bill Murray there. I want that level of fame where you can just write on people, you know, no one cares. And they're all cheering like crazy for it. They love it. They can't get enough. It looks like somebody's got their hand out on Bill Murray's stomach here, which is like kind of weird. Let's watch this again. Somebody straight up got their hand on Bill Murray's stomach. I don't know if they're holding him up. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if he's standing up on something. It's kind of, somebody's getting a little gropey with Bill Murray. Somebody was getting a little gropey over there. Let's see if we can watch this video of him uh, kissing the plushie. Oh, he gave it a little kissy. And that's from the drunk old uh, grad, the drunk old grad on Instagram. So that's cool. That's pretty cool um, from West Point cadets out there. West Point, shout out to West Point up there in New York. Uh, cool spot. I think right along the Hudson River, right? Uh, that's probably a pretty fun place to be at right now. Enjoying some Army football. So... That's about going to wrap it up for today, guys. That's the last thing I had for you guys. Bill Murray, Saturday Night Live. Bill is off screen downing a beer keg. Yeah, totally. What's up, Tiffany? Welcome. I will be taking over the live stream, guys. Comment what you guys want to watch, and I'll do my best to ignore it. Ica says, Savage from Ica. Nobody will be taking over the Scuttlebutt show. It's going to remain. It's all me all the time, all the Scuttlebutt time. So it's just going to be a little slow in December because I really want to, if I, if I don't take a break, I can't finish in a timely manner all these great things that I want to get out to you guys. So I'm doing this for you, okay? Am I like an abusive YouTube host? Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm hurting you for your own good, all right? It's okay. It's going to be okay. That's, that's it for today, guys. We'll get out of here a little bit early. You guys are the best. Seriously, the best. Nuggets, Ed, Ika, Tiffany, Swift Water, uh, Sam, if you're out there, Justin, if you're out there, everybody, all the OGs, Nuggets, Mud Rock, Eric, everybody, Iron Lotus, h -Nah, all the members, all the patrons, I appreciate you guys so much. You rock, MC. If I didn't name you guys, I just know I definitely appreciate you being out there. It's going to be great. It's going to be all worth it, okay? It's going to be 100% worth it. I promise you that. When the show does come back in January... It's going to be bigger and better than ever before. Yeet, what's up, everybody? Is Goku model going to start streaming? Yeah, maybe I'll just put Goku on the stream for a few hours a day. You guys can come check in and see what he's up to if he's a Kamehameha and you guys from across the internet. John, everybody, enjoy. Be safe out there. Enjoy duty. With all that being said, thank you guys for making this week great so far. We do have tomorrow. We'll probably do a Kwanda-style episode tomorrow to wrap up for, the, for Thanksgiving weekend. With all that being said... I look forward to talking to you all very, very soon. And for now, that's the scuttlebutt.